Never in a million years did I think that on Valentine's Day out of all days that Kourtney Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian would share a static feed post of Venus Sapler. I think that everybody wants the recognition and they want to be seen in front of a lot of eyeballs. And for us, that was a really huge goal. But what we didn't think of was the supply chain. Like, can we actually fulfill these orders? Welcome, everybody, to In Conversation with Shopify Plus. I'm your host, Jason Buckland, and we are grateful to have you back for our interview series where we speak with the very best and brightest in business. Our guest today you should know by name, but if you don't yet, you certainly know her products. Seema Bansal is the co-founder of Venus A. Fleur, the brand behind those eternity roses you see all over Instagram. They are these beautiful flower bouquets that last for a year without any water and have been shared all over social media. Seema, alongside her husband, Sunny, her co-founder at Venus A. Fleur, were named to Forbes' 30 Under 30 list in 2017 and really have only gone up since then in stature, yes, but revenue too. Stick around with us for the next little while because you are going to hear Seema tell us just what happens to a business when the Kardashians post about your products online and how to survive what comes next. Near the end of our episode, she is going to share what direct-to-consumer company and what founder she looks up to most. And I'll give you a hint. It's a prominent streetwear brand that does product drops about as well as anyone. And not only is Seema going to offer us specific pointers about how best to style your products on social media, she tells us how you would actually be unwise to simply use Instagram as a showcase tool and not a way to interact with your customer directly. It's a front-facing tool for your business. People can see in real time what you're saying to customers, what is really happening. So if a customer is posting on Instagram and they have an amazing experience, are you commenting back? Are you in communication with them? And on the flip side, if there isn't a great experience, how are you handling that? Are you in communication with the consumer? Are you bettering this experience? Or are you staying silent? Use the platform to your advantage. Make sure you're always in touch with your customer all right let's go to her now if you've spent even a minute of your life on instagram you may well know the products of our guest today she is Seema bansal the co-founder of venus a fleur she joins us from her home in los angeles Seema, thank you for being with us on in conversation with shopify plus thank you so much for having me i'm honored Seema, let's start here There is almost no consensus on consumer spending these days. Numbers are either up or down depending on where you live. They're either up or down depending what you're buying. And nobody can really say with much confidence what people are going to do with their discretionary spending going forward. How is a business selling premium flowers across the world doing right now? When COVID first hit, we were really, really scared. I think every business was because, you know, you don't know what to expect. And given that our products are a luxurious sort of need, we were really nervous. But what had happened was, I think because there was the lockdown, people weren't able to see each other, celebrate each other. We did see a demand in floral delivery. We followed all the CDC guidelines, of course, made sure that our staff and facilities were very clean and we were very transparent about that. We also have florals that last up to a year. For supply chain, we had a lot of floral in stock, whereas a lot of other floral brands were unable to bring in florals from South America. So that really helped us deliver to the consumer. We noticed that the consumers were 
really trying to make people feel comfortable. Like they weren't able to go to birthdays. There's a anniversary or gender reveal or a baby being born. Like we were seeing a lot of those messages in the cards that I'm so sorry, I'm not able to be there for this, this, and this sending you love. And so it was really heartwarming because it was such an unknown, especially at that time. Your company has a few sales channels, Seema. You have three boutique stores in the United States, in New York City, New Jersey, and Los Angeles. Some of your arrangements are also available in places like Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue. And perhaps most notably for Venus Safe Floor, there is e-commerce, your website, which pulls in, I imagine, a significant chunk of your annual revenue. How did each of those channels respond to their various circumstances in 2020? Retail being that it was closed for the first three months of the COVID pandemic. We had no income coming in from the stores. They were all closed. With wholesale, that was definitely a smaller channel for us. But e-commerce, our Shopify website actually, was the main source of income and business for the brand. So that's where we spent a ton of our time and efforts and were really our main e-commerce platform. Okay, that's where we're at today. Let's go back, Seema, a few years closer to the beginning, and I'll set this up a little for our listeners. The famous story of your company's founding is this. After your now husband, Sonny, sends you flowers that don't quite match up with his original order, you two have this idea that the flower industry is a little ripe to be improved. You acquire the rights to this proprietary process out of a farm in Ecuador, which in essence allows a freshly cut flower to be almost frozen in time at its peak state where it is treated with a solution that allows it to stay fresh and keep its smell for up to a full year without water. And it's this really exciting thing that we candidly hadn't seen before. In 2015, you begin to market these flowers under the brand Venus A. Floor. And at the start, you're really bootstrapping here. You yourself are packing arrangements in your tiny New York apartment. Sunny is delivering flowers in Manhattan and sometimes all the way to Connecticut and Baltimore across the Eastern U.S. So, You're building something and you're still getting your feet under you as a company. And as much as I know about this story that what comes next, there's no way I can tell it better than you. What happens to Venus A. Fleur on Instagram around Valentine's Day 2016? (laughs) Actually, this is my favorite story just because it was so surreal. We were really doing everything from the beginning. I was making the flower arrangements in my flex apartment in Midtown Manhattan, where I'd go to the floral market five in the morning, pick up all the flowers, cut them, clean them, make sure everything was perfect, make the arrangements, and he would deliver them. And at that point, when it was Valentine's Day 2016, we had a few more drivers, but really it was still very much us in the day-to-day. I was running the Instagram account, so I would post everything, do all the captions, hashtags, and do all the outreach. And I was in contact with someone from the Kardashian team a few weeks prior just to send them our products. Never in a million years did I think that on Valentine's Day out of all days that Kourtney Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian would share a static feed post of Venus A. Fleur on the most important floral holiday. (laughs) Really what came from that was recognition. We got a ton of new followers, new eyeballs really. And I remember that the phone would not stop ringing. The emails were pouring in. People were knocking on our office door. It was just a lot happened within that hour of them posting. And it was really surreal. It was really special. So we talked about some of the things that happened in the short term after that. What is the true ripple effect something like that has on a young business? 
Well, I think that everybody wants the recognition and they want to be seen in front of a lot of eyeballs. And for us, that was really huge goal. But what we didn't think of was the supply chain. Can we actually fulfill these orders? When they posted, our website was sold out. We didn't have inventory. We really could not capitalize on that special moment. And for any business, that's pretty terrible, right? Because you want these people to come to your site and convert, and that wasn't happening for us, right? So the first hire we brought in outside of Sunny and I was supply chain to help us streamline the process of bringing in flowers being able to project what we were going to buy and fulfill. And then, of course, with our packaging as well, he kind of streamlined the entire process because for Sunny and I, that wasn't really where our expertise lies. So your products, Seema, I mean, they're good-looking products, first and foremost. The flowers and your arrangements are objectively beautiful. But Instagram itself is just such a tailor-made platform for showing them off. And so it's no surprise that was the channel by which Venus A. Floor really took flight. Your company uses an in-house influencer strategy to leverage Instagram. How does that work? The influencer strategy and the influencer world has really grown in the last five years. When we started, it was really just reaching out to folks that we thought were like-minded and would want to share with their audience. And that's the first part of our mindset that they would just share now where we're headed is that we're having our influencers celebrate milestones with their followers. Like maybe they are engaged or they're having a child and they're celebrating these really special moments. They're your other voice. They're helping you spread the message, right? To their like-minded audience. And they're creating content for you that you can use for your brand as well. So I think it was a natural platform for us. Another way of using marketing was really spending the dollars and getting a really great team in-house to build a program for our influencers. Last item on Instagram, but as we touched on earlier, you know, you, Seema, were handling all Venus A. Flores product photography and social posting in the early days, I think even using an iPhone camera at one point. And indeed, you're still very involved with the creative today. This is the first of a two-parter here. As specific as you can be, what are the do's and don'ts about styling and showcasing products on Instagram? I think less is more, especially if you're focusing on selling your product, you really want to highlight that product. So make sure your lighting is good. Like I don't think a white background is for everything. Try to change it up a little bit, but make sure the product is well showcased. For us, branding is so important to showcase. So I would always make sure the frame was showing both logos from the lid to the logo on the actual box. So less is more. Don't have too much stuff in the background. If there is a person or a human element, having hands in there has always been something that's been special because people connect human element to themselves. They can see themselves having that product or can see themselves being in that image. And the second part sticks to Instagram, but broadens our scope a little bit. In addition to the creative, you certainly have learned the ropes relative to best practices on promotion and engagement with your customers through social media. So if I'm a company and I follow your earlier tips for making my products look as appealing as they can, what are then the do's and don'ts about successfully using Instagram as a platform for your business? 
it's uh, the front facing tool for your business. People can see in real time what you're saying to customers, what is really happening. So if a customer is posting on Instagram and they have an amazing experience, are you commenting back? Are you in communication with them? And on the flip side, if there isn't a great experience, how are you handling that? Are you in communication with the consumer? Are you bettering this experience or are you staying silent? Use the platform to your advantage. Make sure you're always in touch with your customer. For us, we're a luxury service and we want everyone to feel special. You have to make sure that the service is tailored to that customer and that they're coming back. If they didn't have a great experience, how are you going to fix that? So make sure that you're using Instagram for the communication aspect of it as well. Taking a quick break from our chat with Seema Bansal to bring you a preview of our next episode in the series, our season finale with Chip Wilson. Chip is the billionaire founder of Lululemon, who joins us to talk the death of wholesale, his relationship since he left the company under some friction in 2015 with Lululemon now, and how's this for an insight he's learned into the tension between short-term discounting versus long-term brand value. My philosophy is every dollar you discount takes $10 off the market capitalization of the company. Mostly what happens is merchandisers and buyers are set up on a one-year bonus program as to how their margins or sales went that year, but that has no correlation to the brand value. And most CEOs I'd say that I see coming into companies don't understand that correlation at all. It's so easy to go on discount and to sell the soul of the brand over a three or four year period and make the numbers look really good, which makes the CEO look like a hero to Wall Street, but has really undermined the value of the brand. That was Chip Wilson, the founder of Lululemon, who was next up in our series. Before we get back to Seema Bansal, this show is brought to you by Shopify Plus, the enterprise platform that powers the very best brands in the market from Allbirds and Gymshark to Staples and Heinz. And if you like this podcast, if you like what you're hearing, You've heard me say this before, but please visit Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Reviews are still the number one way to support a show like this and make sure it gets in front of as many people as it can. So please take a minute to let us know what you think. And in fact, some of the homework I've given our listeners earlier in the season is already beginning to pay off. We asked who else we should talk to for this series, and we have had some great submissions from our listeners so far. Jen Rubio, the co-founder and president of Away. Brene Brown, the best-selling author and professor who you no doubt know from her TED Talks, and Chris Saka, the billionaire investor of Uber and Twitter. And of course, for a few years, he was on Shark Tank too. So some great names coming in. The people are making their voices heard. Please keep the nominations coming and include who you think our next guest should be in your review on Apple Podcasts. Now, without further ado, let's get back to Seema Bansal. Seema, Sunny is your co-founder at Venus Safe Floor, and I wanted to ask you some things about what it's like to work with your husband, but I about had to roll my eyes at my own self for how uninventive the questions were at my first try. <laughs> so let me take another approach here to see if we can have an original chat about some of these ideas you've been asked about a million times. You've said before that the key to making it work with Sunny is to, quote, set boundaries. What boundaries do you two set with one another at the company? So we started the business, but we were also newly dating, right? So it was kind of like, how are we impressing each other? Like, what can I handle? What can you handle? Pretty quickly, we realized that we can't keep kind of jumping over each other. We need to really set boundaries, set responsibilities, and own our own departments. 
it was really important that we owned our own space so that we could feel like we were the owner of that portion. And I think the challenge when you have a co-founder that I've heard is that sometimes they're stepping on each other's toes. And that was something that we just did not want for our relationship, but also for our business. Early on, I took on more of the product development because that's really where my strong suits are. And then Sunny took over more of the operation end of the business. And we just work really great together. We respect each other. I think that's a huge thing in any relationship. Respect is important, but really important in your business that you respect each other's decisions and you actually listen to each other and come to a conclusion that works. What would you say has been the biggest disagreement you two had on something in the business and how did you remedy it? Yeah, you know, (laughs) it's so funny, but my whole team, my creative team always talks about how everyone wants to jump into creative and give their opinion and on what they think looks good. And I think he has brought up his opinion on what he thinks could be done better. Like, oh, I would not shoot that product that way. Or I don't think we should launch this. And it's so funny because those products that he's like, he disagrees against are the ones that end up really doing well. So he always says like, you know, I'll I'll give you my opinion, but I know it's probably not right. So it's okay. For this next question, Seema, I went deep on this and I dug up two interviews you've given in the past. The first was from 2017 in Forbes, where you conceded that in the early days of Venus A. Floor, you might have had a little trouble delegating responsibilities and letting go of control of things at this business that you'd built from scratch. But then later, in an interview you gave to Harper's Bazaar in 2019, you noted how your leadership efforts had improved, that you would developed a strong trust with your team to make their own decisions, and that you'd finally acknowledge that you can't take on everything yourself. As detailed as you can be here, what steps did you take to get there regarding being hands-on or hands-off in your management style? Trusting your team is number one. You know, you hired them for a reason. You brought them on board to assist you in a part of the business that you need help in. So you do need to give them some wings so that they can fly and do what is needed for the company. And I think for me, The delegation in the beginning of the business was really hard because I, especially with social media in general, I was just so hard for me to let go because it's front facing, it's consumer facing, and I really wanted to make sure everything was perfect. As I started giving my team more legroom to do what they needed to do, I saw that they were able to handle it much better than I could. I think my management style and my leadership style has definitely evolved and I'm more of a collaborator. I like to listen to everyone's opinion and thoughts and I like for us to come to a conclusion together because I don't have all the answers. And I think that that's sometimes a challenge for a lot of people in in leadership roles is they think that they know how it needs to go and that's not always true. You do need to listen to your team. They're the ones in the weeds of it. They're in the day-to-day. They know how things should be. I think collaborating with your team, listening to your team, trusting your team because you brought them on and they're there to support you in any, you know, effort that they can. I wanted to ask you a question loosely tied to the demand for your products, Seema. You know, a lot of your products tend to sell out and indeed some new collections sell out quickly. And what that does, of course, is it generates a ton of buzz for your brand. This is something of an impossible theme to nail down with total clarity, but I was curious how you and Sunny view this idea of your products selling out fast. On the one hand, in the short term, you don't sell as much products as your customers clearly have the appetite for. On the other hand, you can make the case that by creating this air of scarcity, 
it of course drives business for the long term. What is the substance of conversations you and Sunny might have had about this idea? I think going back to like 2016, we didn't have inventory, we sold out. That built a crazy demand that we weren't able to actually capitalize on. And then over the next few weeks that we would have, we would run into the same sort of issue where it was more of a planning problem. We definitely had the demand, but we weren't also planning at the same time. And now in the last few years, we definitely have been planning properly, but the demand is there. And sometimes it's very hard to keep things in stock and people really want the best of the best. So I think there's this level of exclusivity and then also making sure everybody is able to obtain your product. I think there's a balance. Is there a world where selling out and not being able to immediately meet the demand of that customer is actually a good thing for the business? I think for a business owner, all you want is to sell, sell, sell. But absolutely, I think exclusivity keeps you relevant and people are excited when they can't really get their hands on something and it makes them want it more. Again, a balance of both. You want to be able to sell everything, but then there's that other element of making sure things are relevant. Hey, I'm Kristen LaFrance, host of Shopify's Resilient Retail Podcast. Look, 2020 was tough for everyone, but retail store owners have been hit extra hard. Because of the pandemic, quarantines, and limited foot traffic, it's never been harder to be a small business owner, which is why we made Resilient Retail. From real stories of struggle and breakthrough to the insights retail businesses need right now, Resilient Retail is a show about finding inspiration, taking action, and making your business future-proof. To hear more about how brands like Pattern, Mack Weldon, Lively, Universal Standard, and so many other businesses are staying resilient, overcoming challenges, and building thriving businesses, be sure to tune in to Resilient Retail on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Venus A. Fleur now sells candles and other items like vases in addition to your floral arrangements. You've hinted previously at larger product expansion for your catalog. What other things intrigue you for Venus A. Fleur to bring to market next? Venus A. Fleur is a lifestyle company, and we want to remind our consumer that we're beyond just flowers in a box. We want you to think of us for all elements of gifting, gifting yourself, home decor. So we're definitely moving towards category expansion and doing things that are an extension for your home. We're really excited for the next few years. We have a lot of fun plans. Something very interesting about our brand is we develop everything in-house. It's definitely labor of love. And we're just so excited to bring our ideas to the world because innovation is the root of our company. That's something very, very important to us because we want to keep disrupting the floral industry. We don't want to be set in this one sector of the industry and, and just be known as a floral shop because we're more than that. We definitely believe we're a lifestyle brand. Let me end here, Seema, with something of a more personal question for how you see your brand in the larger picture. You and your husband were named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list in 2017. A tremendous honor, something of a minting, in a sense, of what retail players are serious and here to stay. There's no question that other companies and founders looked toward you and Sunny at that time and began to more seriously aspire to reach your level of success. Let's flip that thinking on its head here for our last question. 
When you look out into the marketplace at all the other brands that operate in your direct-to-consumer space, which company stands out as the model for the level Venus A. Fleur wants to reach next? Well, I admire so many brands and founders, but a brand that I think is doing things really well in a very interesting way is Kith. They've really revolutionized the streetwear world and made collaborations and unisex clothing very cool and relatable and exciting. I think Ronnie Feig is a genius. And so I think Sonny and I both really do look up to the way he's modeled his business. He's done an amazing job. And I love just the creativity behind everything. Everything is designed immaculately and really thought out. I want to thank our guest today. Seema Bansal is the co-founder of Venus A. Fleur. This has been great. Seema, you've been generous with us. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being with us on In Conversation with Shopify Plus. Thank you. I'm so excited that I got to do this. All right. Thanks again to Seema Bansal. And thank you again for listening. If you like what you heard today, you do not want to miss our season finale up next with Chip Wilson, the founder of Lululemon. Believe me, he has some things to say about the death of wholesale and his relationship with Lululemon now that you are not going to want to miss. So subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And to find more of our interviews with guests like Ben Francis, the founder of Gymshark, Nora Sakija, the co-founder and CEO of Majuri, and Emma Greed, the co-founder, alongside Khloe Kardashian of Good American, visit us online at inconversation.shopifyplus.com.